welcome to the next episode of the Property Management Show. Um, I want to uh, introduce, uh, well, first of all, as a small business, right, um, in the property management space, you have tremendous opportunity. You know, things are coming to a head and this, this buzz, there's buzz of an excitement in this industry. But as a small biz, you have to compete with some of the bigger guys. Now, you have unique abilities as a small business, right? And the unique abilities are you can service locally. You your local knowledge is irreplaceable. The bigger guys will take girls, will take a lot longer to understand the local dynamics and the specific microeconomic environments where you currently manage. So you have tremendous advantages that the bigger guys can't get to, um, but you also can do what they do to optimize service to customers, and that is adopt and um, embrace automation. And today I'm co-hosting the podcast with John Baikowski, the CEO of Four and a Half. Hello. Um, you can say more than hello. That would, uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs> great. And we have a great guest, John and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a great guest. Um, this is almost like a little bit of a coming out party for my guest. Um, he is going to speak on automation. Uh, his name is Inas Arabi. And Inas is the new vice president of single family and general manager of property work. Inas, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Hello, John. How are you? That's awesome. So, so, so if, if some of you have heard of Inas in the past, you, you sort of know his career. He's got depth that I, I like. I, I want to so dig a little bit into his past so we can have a good setup for, for the rest of the talk. So, Inas, in 2005, you were at Help You Sell. I think that's where you kind of started your property management game and you were um let's call it regional property manager and real estate managing broker a i didn't know help you sell has that b what is the most proud thing i mean what what is one thing you're proud of what what did you take away from that experience so um this is a, a a really cool question the most proudest thing that i am very happy to to report on is within 18 months we became the seventh largest company for volume sales within our state and part of it is exactly to what you described to we were very small business Uh, we were competing with much larger bigger guys but it's really more about understanding what you do and what you do well and kind of go at it and when you are small I wanted to add that you are nimble much better than the bigger guys in order for them to be able to move it's just like moving a big, huge ship versus your little boat. You can very easily maneuver yourself around issues a lot faster than they can, which allows you to, to get much more business if you really use that to your own advantage. So that was my proudest thing is with 18 months, we were the seventh largest company for our state. Well, that's pretty cool. 2005, I remember the heydays of real estate, John. Were, were you around back then? 2005, I believe, yeah, yeah I was around. <laughs> but I was in the marketing industry at that time, not in the real estate industry. But, cool. but like the heydays of real estate, 2005, I remember there was just the positivity was very interesting. Like people would think that this thing is going to go up forever, right? Negam loans, negative amortization yeah. for those. Yeah. I mean, that was cool, man. You you know, you have, uh, what is it, uh, Nina, no income, no asset. <laughs> remember those? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I do. But I mean, for fairness sake, though, just to, to make sure that your audience are aware, um, my nag was working with investors 
And um, because of that, we figured that this is our strength and we worked toward it and we utilized it to be able to get the best um, uh, results. So my job was to help out investors to be able to find a good rental property, get it rented and provide them the yield that they want. So even though when you take a look at that, the market in 2005 was awesome, but actually was harder for us to do our business because we were looking for the right rentable property that provided the right yield while not putting the owner at a disadvantage where they would be buying something that within a couple of months or a couple of years, they would be in a negative situation where they're not making the money that they want. And um, if you get to know me a little bit more, you'll find that I'm a lot more into the numbers than the, the, the touchy feely things. And because of that, <laughs> up to be able to speak with some of these investors, I had business models and I had financial models and I had almost every analysis that you can make on property ready for them to be able to make a decision. And truly, when I said to somebody, this is a good property to buy as a rental property, I meant it. And I could have put my name behind it to the point where I would have bought it if I had money, which, you know, that meant a lot to our constituents back then. And it also allowed us to understand the property management position from both sides, from the owner's perspective, as well as from the operator perspective. And obviously at the end of the day, you still have to end up working with the tenants themselves to be able to put them into these homes. Gotcha, very, very interesting. So at the time, at the heyday, when everybody with the pulse will uh, put an offer on the house, you had to find a way to get investors properties that were reasonably priced and produce the return they're right. looking for. So right. commendable. In 2012, you switched to American Homes for rent. You were regional yes. director of operations. What's, yep. what, what did you take out of that experience? So first of all, let me just tell you why I moved, because uh, that is also another proud moment. Um, so I built the company up. We had two sides. We had the brokerage, and then we also had the property management. The property management fed, or the sales fed very nicely into the property management unit. So I built that up to a little over 1,700 units, and I sold it to a company um, as a property management company. And when I sold it, um, I wanted to continue on working in real estate. Uh, obviously, I couldn't run my own property management company at that point. So I got hooked up with a company called American Homes for Rent. Back then, they were even called Malibu Management. Um, today, they're the second largest owner-operator uh, single-family rental in the, in the States. They own today about 62,000 units, I think, that they're at. When we started, we were a few hundred homes uh, in the Midwest, and nobody knew who we are. Um, nobody even um, heard of us, and nobody really cared. But the idea behind that was the ability to utilize the fall of the real estate market to buy a lot of properties for a very good discount, turning around and remodeling them, and also uh, putting them on the market, getting them rented, and and doing the right things from a rental perspective to be able to get the yield for the company. Um, you're probably going to ask me what's my proudest moments out of that. And I'm going to tell you a couple. Um, one is that we've, we, so we had a, a company mandate to be able to get to 10,000 rented units. Um, and we divided the plan where each region, I was the Midwest region. That was my region. Each region had its own portion of that goal to be able to accomplish it. Um, my team and I, we were able to get at 118% of that goal. And as a company, we helped to get to that 10,000 units uh, rented three months prior to the actual deadline that we had for the company. 
Um, it also allowed us to go public much sooner. Um, so American Homes for Rent went public much sooner. Um, and then two, which was very interesting project for me, it's the last project that I did for American Homes for Rent. So I actually, we were on Appfolio for a couple of years and then we implemented Yardi after I left. Um, and the beauty about that, it really allowed me to kind of look underneath the hood for say, for all of these systems to see how they work and how they interact together and how they're built and what, how can you use them to be able to get the best uh, results that you'd want. So part of my job when I implemented uh, Yardi was to sit down and take a look at the Yardi process and figure out how does that fit into our process as a company or the opposite, where we have a process as a company, we wanna fit the system within the process to be able to infuse the best efficiency that we can get out of the system. Um, and I am, I'm very proud of that uh, project. Uh, was the last thing that American Homes for Rent. They're still running on Yardi today. Um, it was a successful project for us to be able to get it on the market. It took a lot of work, but again, that was one of my proudest moments. Gotcha, time. Voyager product? Yes, it was, yes. Yep. So that's a complicated uh, yeah. enterprise level system. Yes, so it was. Uh, and I think they compete with RealPage, right? That is correct, with, yes. Direct competitor with yes. your current employer? That is correct. Um, gotcha. For fairness sake, though, they do compete. So RealPage is a much larger company than what, what PropertyWare is. PropertyWare is just one company, one product out of RealPage. Sure. The one site, which is a direct competitor of Yardi, uh, both of which they play into the multifamily quite well. Back then in 2012, 2013, nobody had a single family platform that was working well or was even uh, good enough for that level. So... We had to be on seven uh, on Voyager Seven, which was really meant for multifamily, but we had to Hack it. massage it right to work. <laughs> right. That, that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, so let's let's switch, switch gears a little bit. I really like this um, this sort of um, uh, journey that you have, but let's let's talk about what you sort of been able to do so far. And I think a lot of it is somebody said that you know the biggest in like biggest pre or indicator of success isn't like talent, isn't uh, uh, perseverance, isn't like uh, persistence. It's, it's like timing, essentially. Looks like yeah. you're timing stuff pretty well throughout your career that you have that sort of, a, that, that, that sort of instinct for, for, for switching gears and moving into a market and taking advantage of the opportunity. Let me ask you, like, we'll skip one step and go right into Propertyware. What sort of, what do you think the opportunity is right now for Propertyware as a company? So there is a huge opportunity for property or not. Let me explain a couple of things. I do wanted to um, offer some credit to RealPage and Propertyware for the fact that they, that they sought after getting somebody who's an operator to be able to run the program, right? That is very unique in the marketplace. And why is it unique? Is because it, there is plenty of great systems out there, but most of those systems are ran by technologists through and through. And the problem with technologists through and through, they're fantastic at what they do, but the honest to God point, if you've never been in the property manager's shoes and you've never lived their lives day in and day out, you really cannot understand their pain point to be able to build the product that, that solves their pain points. Now you can go and ask on the market, like you can go and ask property managers, what's your pain point and you go fix it. But the reality is you need to understand where they are at, where they want to go to, and how can you bridge it utilizing technology. So the fact that they've hired somebody like me who is a true operator, 
understands technology very well, but a true operator, I think that's a, a very competitive advantage to property where it's going to allow us to be able to bridge the gap. What I mean by bridging the gap is bringing in all the industry knowledge to be able to build enhancements or update our systems to be able to provide people opportunities to close those pain points. So I'm going to make a very simple example here. Um, one of our initiatives that I'm, I'm starting out here is that we wanted to help people. We wanted to help our clientele PMCs to grow, right? And growth is, is three different ways. One is by adding unit counts. Um, so by adding unit counts, we figured that, you know, property where it does few things well, but we're not really a, a marketing company to be able to go out and help you market to owners to be able to bring them in. But the plan for us is to be able to partner up with companies similar to yours, that you guys have a really good product to be able to allow for the PMCs to go out and get those units, right? And we want to partner up with you to be able to bridge the gap between the two systems. So whoever is on my system could easily use yours and vice versa. And by doing so, I've just solved one of their pain points. The pain points is twofold. One is adding more units. And then two, they don't have to double entry anything, right? They don't have to go take the information from one system, go add it into mine or the opposite. And we'll, we'll certainly do the same for um, other products to be able to solve some of the pain points that, that you know, people have. But at the, at the end of the day, we wanted to provide options for growth for people. Some of the other growth might be growth by charging more or, or, or producing more revenue per door. Um, we've got products to be able to do that. I'm also connecting our platform to other products that allows you to do that as well. It's, it's where, in my opinion, it's almost like three levels. You start off by adding the unit counts. That's where it starts. The second layer is when you have unit counts, you need to be able to squeeze more revenue out of those doors. And then third is by doing more of what I would call the customization to be able to reduce your expenses. So instead of hiring 10 people to be able to do something, you need to figure out a way to be able to hire one or two people to do the same thing. But it all starts with that unit count, the, the door number that allows you to be able to, to function and, and go through it as a business. Gotcha. So that's the bulwark you have to overcome, you know, and have the stable, consistent, predictable growth uh, within the sort of within the uh, uh, understanding that customer acquisition costs are palatable and they would work financially. Yeah. Then you go to work once that is set up and you have a company like four and a half potentially, you know, helping systemize that growth. Then exactly. the business owner can use property where the core system to help them get more money, deliver more value, obviously, but get more money for per door. And then beyond right. that, now, once you're doing that, how do you reduce, I guess, people expenses? Is that kind of what you're leading to? That's a three-step process? That's precisely it, right, precisely. That's really well thought out. I mean, yeah. that's, we, that's we, like the operator thinking, right? That's what you yeah. just said. Versus technologist thinking is like, hey, how can we put this widget? And I'm not right. thinking technologists. That's right. what they do, right? right? Like our customers are asking for these and these things. Like let's 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 like code this up and 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 go test it out there and, and see. Like it, it it doesn't meaningfully move somebody's business. What it does, it makes the software less uh, you know less uh, <laughs> terrible. Well, yeah. it's just difficult to use. A any operating system is difficult to use because each business has their own processes and systems, especially with property management. It's like right. it's a wild wild west out there. 
Like right. there needs to be a lot. Go ahead, John. Yeah, well, what I think is one of the great things about bringing in an operator like yourself, like a technologist, generally speaking, is in love with technology. And what you end yes. up is you end up getting a uh, an application that has a lot of features. Correct. But those features do not necessarily match up with what the owner operator needs. And those features have a cost. So it drives up cost, but you lose focus, right? Precisely. I think that, that's a great thing. Yep. And I, if I may, I wanted to embellish a little bit on that because I really want to provide value for your uh, listeners, right? Because I'm, I'm a believer in that. I'm a believer in providing value. So I'm, I'm going to make an example and I'm going to give you a value to your listeners that they won't hear from anybody else that's on your, on your podcast, okay? So like John, to your point, the technologists have built for us for property where a really awesome, what we call listing widget. That listing widget allows you to take all your properties that they're vacant, plug them into in one place in Propertyware. Once you do publish, that syndicates to 256 sites, so you don't have to double entry anything anywhere else, right? And it also standardized that experience for you, meaning the information that you have on your site, it's actually showing up on all the other sites, right? And this is all fantastic, but here's the key element. This is great to answer one piece of the puzzle, which is how do I get tenants? But the important part is how do I get owners? Now, that's where the value add is going to come in here to play. What I teach my, um, our clientele is that utilize what you have today. So take your listing widget. At the bottom of every description for every vacant property you have, the last two lines should be description of your property management services and a link to your website that it describes your property management services, preferably also with the landing page that allows you to capture the information from the people that they're looking at that site, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why that's important is because think about who's looking on Zillow today for rental properties. You have the renters themselves that they're looking, but you also have the people that they're looking for what we call comps in our industry. Those are the owners, other operators might be asset managers. All of those guys are looking for comps to their houses. And if they're looking for comps to their houses and they see that you're describing your management services quite well in the description for that property, I bet you they're gonna click on that link or they're gonna go onto that page to be able to understand precisely your offering. And if you have built a very good offering page where that's where I think you guys can come into play and you, you could produce fantastic offering pages with landing pages to be able to capture that info, then now you are doing double whammy. You are going after the tenants to, to occupy every vacant property, but you're also helping the PMCs to be able to get more owners coming to them by utilizing this technique. I'll tell you, when I ran my own property management company, I got 10% of my, my properties, uh, my owners, utilizing this particular technique. Because I know these owners are looking on Zillow for comps. And there are, some of them also are looking to make sure that their property managers are not fooling them with pricing, right? Like meaning if an owner, you come into a property manager and you say, what do you think I can rent my house for? And the property manager says $1,500, right? That owner is going to go check on all of these systems to make sure that what that property manager have said is actually really true $1,500. Because if, if they can squeeze $1,550 or $1,600, they probably would want to do that. Would you not agree? Well, that makes sense because we talk a lot here about synergy. we got different products that we put out and we, we need them to help each other. And that's beautiful right. because they're already going to be putting these listings out there. 
And right. copying and pasting this in there is so little effort that right. it's practice, it's free leads, right? You're Precisely. already going to this, this effort. Yes. So not doing it is just, it's like but, wasting your time. But correct. Yeah. There's one aspect to it, right? There's yeah. one aspect to it. You have to back it up, right? You yeah. have yeah. to back it up. So the, Lenny, like the value proposition is the pricing needs to be transparent. The reputation needs to be solid. Like that investor needs to go there just be, to be curious and not want to leave. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, and I'm like, certainly oh, these guys and, uh, that. My yes. property manager, you know, doesn't do any of it. I, I'm going to exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that's where I said the synergy to John's point, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about property, but I'm just making this as an example. Our listing widget is not built for you to be able to get owners. Our listing widget is built for you to market your vacant properties to tenants, but you're utilizing it now as a double whammy to be able to allow you to get those owners to come out and take a look at your, your product, your property management services. The services like you guys, where it comes into play and it works very well in the synergy is, if you built a very nice offering with a very nice site, with a very nice capturing mechanism for that information, you couple both of those together. Now you were, to your point, Alex, you're going onto the market, you're grabbing the people to bring them on, you're backing it up with all the information and you are able to capture them. And if you are able to capture them, I bet your conversion ratio on those guys would be much higher than somebody that you are trying to get through, like let's say another medium, right? Um, because they're a little bit more warm. They've learned about your services. They've seen your listings. They've seen how you do things. Um, and, and to your point, if you back it up, like if your listing has great photos, has virtual tour, has good description, um, you have a good methodology to be able to do showings. All of that adds into that offering proposition that you are showing the owner that you really mean business and you're not a flight by night kind of company. You actually know what you're doing with your own, your own business. That's really good in us. So yeah. those of you walking dogs and cats, uh, pull the pullover for a second. You know, let your uh, animal sit down and relax and take the note. Uh, the note is simple. Put the link to your property management services page into the bottom of your listings and mm -hmm. get exposed to free leads. That's what Inas says. John and I approve. Yeah. Do it. 100%. Do it. Absolutely. I hope you're enjoying this show. We'll take you back there in just under 60 seconds. But first, are you running a property management company that is looking to grow by 100 properties or more over the next 12 months? Are you looking for a partner who can design and implement all of the marketing so you can focus on operations, customer experience, and profit? Are you willing to spend three to $600 per owner as you add them to your portfolio? And finally, do you have adequate resources on your end to dedicate to completing your part of the project so your marketing can be activated and all the leads start flowing in, right? If the answers to those questions is yes that means you are ready to grow and scale and we here at four and a half want to help you to do so log into four and a half.com hit free consultation and set up a time with one of my team members to go through your business and figure out how four and a half can deliver the growth you're looking for now back to the show all right let's actually talk about automation shall we Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. This was this was like hacking. This was just like lead hacking. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, you have deep history, uh, deep experience in this industry. Um, I'm I'm really curious to find out in us, and I'm sure our audience would be too. 
what is the kind of the short history of automation? How, how did how did you see it flow into the market where it's at today? And I think where where it's going is also kind of maybe give us like paint the timeline for us. So I, I will tell you, I am super excited about where we're at in our industry today, and I really truly mean that. And the reason for this is because. If I go back to the earlier days when I ran my company in 2004, 2005, 2006, and, and you, might, you might agree with me or not, but the accessibility to products back then as far as technology was, was no or close to no. The only options that you've had, either something you have to build yourself or maybe- Tenon Pro. The, right, exactly. Or Tenon Pro or, or the simplistic you know, products out there. As a matter of fact, I was on Tenon Pro when I ran my company. But I called it. Yeah. <laughs> The, the fast forward to today and where we're at, I think with the fact that our business have been professionalized, it's been looked at by what I would call the Wall Street, and it's been evaluated and evaluated and produced great results that Wall Street has taken notice of. What's that doing? It's getting these people to pump in a lot of money into um, producing fantastic technologies today that you have access to that we've never had access to before. And I think the, the beauty about where we're at is we're almost like at the cusp of what's going to happen and what's going to come next, right? It's almost like I look at it, if you, if you recall how the auto industry went through, the first thing, the cars of the 70s or the 60s, they were all pure mechanicals. Everything that they did was all mechanical, right? And then within the 80s, you started to see a little bit of technology kind of getting into it. Today, if you get into any car, most of what's happening in it, it's all electronics. Even your transmission is 50% electronics, 50% mechanical. In the 60s, it was all 100% mechanical. And I think we're going into the same direction in real estate today, specifically in property management. Think about, so I'll give you a perfect example. Think about like the, the, the aspects of inspection, okay? The aspect of inspection back in 2005, you took... Um, a piece of paper, you put it on a on a board, and then you went out to the property and you actually hand filled in all the boxes of what you're seeing at the property, right? Today, I know of at least about eight to 12 different inspection apps, including the one that we offer as Propertyware, that allows you to be able to do that all electronically, all electronically. And guess what? Here's the beauty about it. Today, you can even push that inspection on somebody else to do it, and you don't have to be at that property to do it yourself. I know of some companies, they basically send the link to the tenant and say, go through the template, fill out your, your inspection, right? We're going we're gonna to go through it after you finish, so you can't just say yes, yes, yes to everything and not take pictures, right? But go ahead and do that. In 2005, that was not available. And that's the beauty about where we're at today. Now, where are we going to go to? I think we are automating a lot of the pieces in our business. It's going to get to a point where a lot of it, it's all virtual. A lot of it, it's all automated. There's still, now the beauty about property management that I want to make sure that people understand and your listeners are aware, so I don't want to scare them to death. <laughs> our business is not going to go away. And you know why it's never going to go away? Because you still have to connect with those people that you're dealing with. You've got tenants, you've got owners, you've got vendors, you've got the legalities of the municipalities where you're at, you've got HOAs, you've got, you've got taxes, you have property management touches every single aspect of those places and you cannot automate that. 
that relationship, you can automate most of it, but it has to be done by an individual person. Does that make sense? Yep. That's where our business is somewhat protected, where you still will have business in the next future, but you could do it much better, much faster, much more efficiently by adding more automation. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Um, you, had, you had a question you wanted yeah. to ask. So, so the important thing, well, not the important thing, but absolutely, there are so many automation choices that are out yes. there. But, and you, you touch on a point that I, I'm, I'm very, that is very important to me, is that you, you could say that the core business of a property manager is communication, right? right. Is, is they might not, you might not be in charge directly of the, of the manager, sorry, the, the maintenance team. You may outsource that, but you're going to be the one communicating. You're the person in the middle. And to me, automation that helps you do your job right. is Precise. good automation. Stuff that tries to replace the human element is bad. You can look at it right. two ways. Like I could, I could get rid of a person or you can have those two people focus on the things that only a human can do. Communication, connecting Precise. like you're saying. Yes. Um, you don't have to have a file clerk because property is taking care of that for you. That person can spend their time communicating with clients. Do you Precise. have any other like examples of like, like going too far or something that you feel this is something we can't, we shouldn't automate? Where's the line in us? Yeah, where's the line? So um, it, I, I am gonna give you two examples, but I, I would like to make a small correction. And this okay. is my understanding of, of property management. We are in the, we're not necessarily in the business of communication, we do communicate. We're a communicator 100%. That's all day long job. Mm -hmm. We are a marketing company. What I mean by a marketing company, we do have to market our services to everyone that touches us in order for us to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. You got to go market your services to owners in order for you to get business. You got to go market your services to tenants in order for you to be able to get them into the properties so you can produce the rent, so you can pay yourself and pay your owners. You have to market yourself to vendors so they can work with you and decide to work with you instead of deciding to work with the next guy down the street to be able to provide you the best service and the best cost so you can turn around and make money on that, right? You also have to market yourself to every other entity that I talked about. Imagine if you're, if you're managing properties in an HOA, you do have to market yourself to that HOA board because if that yeah. HOA wakes up one day and decides no more rentals in their, in their community, you just bought yourself out of the business, right? For that particular community and so forth. So I think it's very important distinction to make sure that we are in the marketing business, but we do customer service. It's all about the communication, it's all about the customer service, but marketing is, is like 90% of what we do in order for us to be able to be in business, right? Now, to go back to answer your question about the automation, I'll give you two examples where automation is, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Automating, accepting of payments from tenants to me that's a huge benefit right i mean in the in the early 2000s i had to hire an administrator who sat at the at my office to be able to and especially in the beginning of the month to be able to be available so when somebody drove by the office to drop off their rent check to actually accept the check log it in scan it send it to the bank give them a receipt and, and make sure that the, the check didn't bounce, right? Or before that, even taking the check to the bank because you couldn't scan it back in the yeah. day. Precisely, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, now, today's world, if you really run things correctly, you could automate all of that, meaning 
you accept all different types of payments from tenants. Um, you can take ACH, you can take credit card. Even today we offer a QR code and I'm sure some of the other um, uh, platforms offer the same thing as well. QR is basically you pay your rent in cash. You go down 7 to- 7-Eleven, yeah, you pay in cash. Yeah, any Kroger, any of your, of, your, um, of your grocery stores, you buy your groceries and you stop by the front desk and you say, okay, run my, my rent and they do that and boom, shows up on your tenant ledger. Now that to me is a fantastic automation opportunity because guess what it did for me as a PMC? I don't have to have that administrator sitting, uh, doing nothing all day, just accepting checks to be able to log him in and give people receipts. Now I can have that administrator do something else that it's more meaningful to me. Where I think it, it could go way too far is where some of the companies are trying to make the entire process virtual. And what I mean by the entire process virtual, they talk to no one, they see no one, they, um, they communicate with no one but machines. And believe it or not, there are some companies out there that they're trying to perfect that. And I, I mean, I respect them for trying. In my opinion, I think that they're way, taking it way too far to the point where it's fine to be able to provide people self-showing options. It's fine to be able to allow them to be able to talk to a machine when they're underwritten. But, but at some point, they need to know that there are some human beings behind this operation because no one is going to respect the machine unless there are some human beings behind it. And they also need to know that those human beings make decisions based on what's going on um, within the, the transactions that's happening between that tenant and the owners. And I can tell you there are some owners will absolutely flat out re refuse to work with companies that they're doing everything virtual. Mm -hmm. Because they also on their end, they wanted to speak with their property manager. They wanted to speak with somebody if they have an issue. They don't want to talk to a machine, right? They don't want to log on a website and have um, a system like Melissa responding back to them, telling them the day's great and, and you know, it's all AI and, and basically, Siri, how's my property doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How's what my property? property? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're doing fine, man. You're fantastic. No yeah. problem. That's not what they really want. They want, they want specific information that is very valuable to them. Yeah, has the fans been painted right? Right? Was it was it the right shade of green or whatever the case is? And then us exactly. one thing: if we, if we like break down the business right to its to yes. its essential components, what is it the property managers do, right? You protect the largest asset that anyone could have. Most likely, 99% of us will never own a larger asset than our, than our homes or exactly. homes that we, you know, rental homes. And right. number two, um, like if you look at Maslow hierarchy of needs, for those of you who are into that sort of philosophy, it's the, the idea is that you provide as a property manager a home, a shelter, a place for somebody to live. That's one of the core sort of necessities before a person can be happy you know it's 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 food drink safety and then you know shelter like you are right. like on, on the bottom of that maslow hierarchy of needs in other words you are such a necessary piece of service for survival of the dang human race i mean like let's call right. it that right that's how we think as as, as primates right that's how we think it, we need the safety net and so the essence of the service is such that there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of connected uh, value, and to automate everything to me is, I'm, I'm sorry to say, silly. At least at this point where AIs are not advanced enough, um, there needs to be automation, but there needs to be a help me button, a really easy one. Um, right. I like Shift, I bought like Shift car service. I, I don't know if you heard of them. They're only in a few cities. I, I, I just got a, 
He's like, oh, you have a Mitsubishi? Yeah, I bought a Volkswagen from them. And they just turn it in for Mitsubishi because I, you know, I like the experience. It's all automated. It's all Wait, good. You got rid of your Volkswagen already? Uh, yes, <laughs> but it's like three months. But look, it, one month. <laughs> yeah, so I need something to tow the boat. Okay. <laughs> in any event, the point is the automation there is great. I love that service. They're really truly doing a good job. But anytime I need help, it's an email away, and right. they don't have a phone number. But but when you email, my experience has been within two hours, I get good response to exactly what I need. So, so that's the, that's the comparison, but cars are even not as important as what you do. Right. And you know, I, I also add a couple of things here because I, I love what you're talking about. It, automating or virtualizing something that it's painful to people to go through. That is such a fantastic thing to do. So I'll explain. Buying a car is always, especially if it's a used car or even new car, it's always been, um, for the lack of a better word, the crappy experience, oh, right? Yeah. And people hate it. You, you have to go haggle with the, with the you know, dealerships. They, they've got you anyway because they, they're playing all of these games between your interest rate, between your, your trade-ins, between the price of the car, between the, the, the incentives that they're offering to you. They've got way too many things that they can play with that you've got nothing, right? And most people nowadays, um, when they're going out to buy a car, they're not going out to buy a car with cash and then they've got no trade-ins and they've got no other issues, right? So it's not a, it's not a straightforward item, but it's a painful experience. Now, some companies, um, and uh, th this is not a plug-in for any company, but it's just because that they're doing it like Carvana, for example, is is automating the entire process where you go online to your point and you just select your car and they'll deliver it to you if you don't like it's it. A vending machine, Carvana's have sorry yeah. vending machines. You go like that's whole experience. They're just not in yeah. San Francisco. That's why I didn't I didn't yeah. go with Carvana. But yes, very similar to Shift. That's the platform. Right. right. Or some of the other companies like um, um, I, I, I've I've been toying with the new Fare app that basically allows you to lease cars. And, and release any other card as long as you would want. So it's the same experience. It's not a, the painful experience with dealing with that, now it's becoming very easy because it's automated. To your point though is, if anybody needs help, help is available either by clicking or by emailing or doing something. So if you really truly want somebody to talk to, you've got that ability to be able to talk to. Now, all of that is great, but think about that experience. You only buy a car once every few years that you live in your home every single minute that you're living into your home. And a lot of things could go right or wrong during that experience. You really need a very good property management company behind that property in order for you to be able to have good experience. And a good property management company actually produces good results for themselves as well as the owners. I mean, they, they, the beauty about that business is it's good for everyone around. It's not taking advantage of anybody. It's good for the tenants because it gives them service. It's good for the owners because it gives them the yield that they want. And it's good for them because they make money out of it. You know, they, they are able to make income out of it and live and, and do what they need to do. So to, to my opinion, for real estate or in property management, it's fantastic to be able to automate, let's say, 85, 90% of, of the non-important um, non stuff. But the rest of the 15 to 10% where you do need a human being out there, you probably want to keep that to be concentrated with the human being. Um, let, let, me, let me make you a reference, maybe just to make it a little bit easier for your listeners to understand. 
I've worked for a company where we automated about 80 to 85% of what a property management does as a company, which allowed me to be able to have my property managers to hold portfolios at a thousand unit a piece. Now, let, let me say that one more time. Property managers' portfolio was a thousand properties. So MFR or, or SFR? SFR, single family rental, wow. a thousand yeah. units a piece. Now, look, I don't want to make numbers up, but in, in my city, hiring a property manager was an expensive proposition, right? Um, it, it was north of 50, less than 100, and you work out the numbers. In order for me to make my business model work, I had to get my property managers up to that level of portfolios in order for them to be able to do it. Now, you're going to ask me, Anas, this is nuts because we know companies usually are, are around the 200 to 250 max, and that's where they max out their property managers, right? But if you think about why are you at a 250 or 200 properties, it's because they do too many non-productive items. Oh, yeah. If you take all of those out and you automate them, what you are left with is basically the communication piece. If a tenant has a question, that is a serious question, not a question like, hey, how do I pay my, my, my rent online? And they could either be taught that or, or you can send them a link to be able to walk them through it step by step. If they really truly have a question, hey, I'm getting into a divorce, I want to get out of my lease, right? Or I just got a job offer, I'm going to be needing to transfer from here somewhere else. Or, uh, you know, I want to renew my lease. How can, I, how can I get those renewed? Those are the important pieces that you'd want your property manager to answer, not a, not a machine, not an automated perspective, because the way the answer has to be proposed on is depending on the information that you're going to ask for to be able to get, right? Um, and if you do that well, you're able to bring the unit portfolio count by property manager so up that would allow you to reduce your expenses on the property management count for how many property managers you need by unit. Does that make sense? Now I'm taking, if I look at a thousand, I'm taking a property manager compared to, in my business model, one property manager to a thousand property compared to other companies that are four property managers for the same number of properties. Who's saving more on the HR cost? I am because of the automation. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Um, maybe we can um, sort of 45 minutes in, let's, uh, let's give, I want to give our listeners a little bit more value. Um, well, we got, uh, there's a lot here, by the way, there's a lot that we should probably unpack in future episodes. And oh, by the way, this will be published during the PM Grow Week. So we appreciate yeah. Property Wear being the partner sponsor two years in a row, you know, uh, standing up for what's good in this industry. This conference is the innovation, you know, it's yes. where innovation is born, we would like to think, and we work very hard to do so. So thank you for that. Alex, but, go ahead. Let me just say one thing here, because this is really important. Because I, I also wanted to um, let you know that Property Word is very excited about the partnership with you guys and sponsoring PM Grow. We really truly believe that this is something that you guys, um, it's a fantastic idea. This is the only conference out there that, are, that helps PMCs understand how they can grow and how they can become bigger, either by adding unit counts or by growing financially. But this is the only conference in the United States that allows you to understand and pushes you to grow. And because of that, and because this is very 
near and dear to my heart and to property we're moving forward, we want to sponsor it and we want to be the, the premier sponsor for it. And we want to make sure to provide your people at the conference the best experience ever to be able to support them for growth. Whether they're on our platform or not, that's a, that's a different story. My issue is I want to make sure that we are absolutely supporting people to be able to grow because I, I do truly believe that and I do want to help people in our industry to be able to grow and do better. Great. I, I think I think property where is I think property where has made the right bet um, with you. First time I met you, first time like I came across, and you already sort of like the, the, the like the five minute conversation, maybe even two minute conversation we had. Like I knew like this was intense. This was, excuse me. This was intent. This was understanding. This is like the industry. Like you get it. Um, you know, you, you just already know what to do, right? It's not like you're walking in like, oh, I'm going to figure it out. No, it's like, I know what to do. I know what's missing. Uh, I, I have my, a plan to go get it done. So yeah. I think um, what we want to say is, look, uh, if you're attending PM Grow Summit, go talk to Inas, go talk to Propertyware, yeah. cool kids, um, really good people, kids, because you, go, you, you know, the company's only 12 years old or something, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So well, it, hey, it's nice. Ancient, but it's not. I am a kid at the heart, man. I'm, I'm good. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, four and a half is going to be there. Um, pleasure to have you all on. Um, until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you, Alex and John. I appreciate it, guys. You guys have a wonderful day and look forward to seeing you at PM Grow. See you soon.